Everybody coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today. Do you think etiquette is dead? Remember back in the days, people used to uh, dress up just to fly on an airplane or when they were going to an important meeting. Heck, they'd even dress up just to go shopping. Nowadays, people won't dress up for anything. In fact, some need to dress up a little bit more. Is there any place for etiquette rules in the 21st century? Our guest coming up really thinks so. That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show right after the news with Sam McCall, the dressed up Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Tanks and troops have their barrels pointed at Egypt's presidential palace today as military leaders depose now former President Mohamed Morsi. A new roadmap for the country is quickly gaining support of both religious and secular groups in the nation. Anti-Morsi protesters are still filling Tahir Square, celebrating with fireworks and flag-waving. Concerns about Edward Snowden's future caused problems for Bolivia's president today when his flight was rerouted several times based on suspicions Snowden was on board. Now, however, the NSA leaker has been confirmed to still be in a Moscow airport. Ecuador's ambassador to the U.K. revealed... A suspicious microphone has been found in the embassy where another man the U.S. wants extradited is hiding out, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So far, it's not clear who planted the mic or how long it's been there. The Senate-passed immigration bill could not could cut illegal immigration by 50 percent, but the increase in border security would be a big blow to projected savings on the national budget, according to the Congressional Budget Office. A memorial service for the 19 firefighters who died earlier this week in Arizona was held last night with thousands in attendance. President Obama gave a statement earlier calling those men heroes who worked to protect the lives and property of people they would never even meet. State senators in North Carolina convened to hold a surprise vote on new abortion restrictions last night. The measure passed and is now headed to the state house. And if it is successful there, it will automatically go into effect if Governor Pat McCrory does not specifically veto it. After taking significant damage from last year's Superstorm Sandy, Lady Liberty is scheduled to reopen to the public tomorrow for Independence Day. Before being closed ahead of the storm, the statute had only been open for one day after year-long renovations. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your relationship coach. Welcome to the program, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. Today, we are bringing back, we are reviving um, the, the great gift, the art of etiquette. Hmm. We're going to learn how to, how is the proper way to approach life? In a way that shows respect and doesn't demean other people. In a way that lifts your own sense of who you are. Remember the old days when you'd wear a hat to work just because it looked good? We don't even wear hats anymore. Do you remember those days? Why don't we? Because it didn't stop looking good. Hats were right? good. It still look- I mean, really, good. the Rat Pack wore those hats. I mean, what are those called? What's the kind of hat that Fedoras? is? Fedoras? A fedora, yes. I mean, if, how many people can get away with that? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Great point. Maybe it was Indy and Jones's fault that we're not wearing the fedora anymore. Hmm. I don't think so. I uh, went to a private school where they drilled etiquette in your head. If a teacher would walk in the room, you would stand. You would stand. 
until the teacher said, you may be seated. Thank you, students. If you were, if you needed to correct the teacher, you wouldn't say, hey, wrong, not even close, right? You wouldn't. You'd say, am I correct in thinking that this is this, this answer? And they'd say, yes, you are correct. Thank you. And you'd say, you are welcome. Boom. Where did that go? Now it's like, hey, uh, uh, ah, blah. <sighs> Etiquette. It's gone. The world's falling apart. Etiquette might have gone away. I don't know if our ability to speak <laughs> yeah. verbally is But it's gone more away, grunts. Totally. I think we're more <laughs> grunting. Yet. We're grunting more. I think I'm pretty sure. We used to use sentences and words. Subjects and predicates. We used them all. Now? Uh. I don't know where I am that people talk like that, but it's at my house. I've got a lot of boys, and we they just sit around and grunt. In the morning, uh, I'm your father. Don't roll your eyes. Those were the days. Cause there like was Charlton a, there, Heston waking up in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it, it's very similar. It's very similar. So I think... I think we're losing it. I don't think these younger generations get it. I think all these video games are making it so they're not learning the proper way to eat their soup or their spaghetti. They just snarf it. You can snarf macaroni. You can't snarf escargot. I don't know. I've never had an escargot. <laughs> but it just doesn't feel right. Um, etiquette. Do you guys, do you, am I up in the night? Do you think, like, when was the last time you actually sat down and had an etiquette lesson? I mean, Skyboy needs one. You know what I mean? They actually teach an etiquette class at BYU. They do? Yeah. Who takes it? Uh, me, as I was getting ready to graduate, realized I need one more credit hour to qualify <laughs> for Pell Grants. <laughs> So you did it. And how did it help you? Did it change your life? Well, the, you know, this is little things that stick. Like I always thought you wanted to show up on time to a meeting so you wouldn't get yelled at. Right. Or because mom said so. Well, no, you actually show up on time to a meeting because it shows respect for the other people at the meeting because they're not having to sit and wait for you. And, and, and that's a way of saying I think <laughs> like, my time is more valuable than yours. Like, let's say you were going to have, I don't know, a pre-radio show meeting at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Let's, say, let's just say that. Let's just say you were going to do that. Yeah. And okay, you had, say it. I mean, you'd want to show up probably right at 2 o'clock, maybe even five minutes late yeah. to that meeting Yeah. at the latest. I totally agree. Let's say <laughs> that while I was driving, I was holding my own meeting in my car. And With Siri. With Siri. <laughs> let's say I was really late today. Okay? Let's just say that. I should come in and say, you guys, I'm really sorry I was late. That would be etiquette, and I didn't say that. But the flaw here, Ben, is that actually his, his, his time's more valuable it, than It ours. is actually more valuable. Well, Straight actually, when you add it up, <laughs> it's not true. But let me ask you this question, etiquette buffs. Let's say you're doing a radio show. Okay? Let's just say, hypothetically... You have a radio show on Sirius XM 143. Is this and, a friend of yours has a radio uh, show? I have okay. a friend who has a radio show. And let's say in the middle of the radio show, he's working his head off. Or she. He or she. It's a hypothetical. Um, let's just say while he's working his head off, I don't know, people are yawning. And let's say while they're yawning in the room with him, shouldn't we, like, I don't know, cover our mouth when we yawn? I don't know. I mean, what did they say in your class about that, 
Colonel Sanders? I don't think they talked about that, but that makes sense to calm because nobody wants to see your uvula yeah. and tongue and yeah. You know. But I mean, or hey, let's not even say I have to see it. Let's just say we hear <laughs> in the background. I mean, that's etiquette, right? You can swallow a uh, yawn. You kind of do this no, little smile. That turns into a burp. And then you just stretch your, ch- yep. your mouth. Better out than in. <laughs> you don't know. Like That'll all ruin All of a yawn, but it looked like just this really weird looking because smile. <laughs> that's where etiquette gets weird because there's just certain things all humans do, but we need some rules. We need to know what's appropriate, what's not. And I'm looking at you, Skyboy, and I don't know why. Because you're, you're holding back a yawn. I can see right now. Just blowing through nap time right now. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) I know. But see, so etiquette is not just showing up on time. It's also being awake while you're here. Huh? I'm awake. I'm just tired. (sighs) Etiquette. My sister. Good thing that was hypothetical, though. Yeah, that was hypothetical. Yeah. Well, that's not even etiquette. That's HR handbook. That was happening in our show. (laughs) Item number three employees must be awake. Yeah, you're actually supposed to be awake. Yeah, item 3A. How did that make it all the way to item three? You think that would have been one or two? Yeah. Well, item two is you actually have to show up to work. Item one has to, or is you have to be alive? Well, one, you have to have a job. The job. You have to be hired. That makes sense. Once you're hired, you get to show up. Um, Okay, so my sister, she was very special. So my parents sent my sister to an etiquette school. Now, what what does that say about you when you're like the only child out of four that were sent away to get trained? Okay? It's because she was all over the place. And they put – this was back – when was it? It would have been the 70s. And they made her wear white gloves. And she had to learn like how to have a tea party thing, like tea time. How to, I guess, eat a crumpet. Her life was just like an episode of Downton Abbey. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was more like, yeah, prepping you for a, a PBS special. <laughs> and she, um, but she was sent there. And she still to this day is a little traumatized because they taught her how to not slurp her food, how to chew with her mouth closed. My son was giving a talk in church Sunday, and um, no, yeah, he was on he was on the stand of the church, uh, and he was chewing gum. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, oh, dude. And every time he looked at me, I'd like slam my fingers together, like "Stop, stop chewing the gum! Stop, 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 stop!" Anyway, uh, doesn't he know better? He doesn't. So we need to figure this out. We're going to be bringing on a guest, Vicky Oliver, who has a whole blog and has written books about etiquette and etiquette in business. We're going to pick her brain. But before we do, there's a there's a blog apparently, huh, Benny? Yeah, there's a. Actually, very popular internet blog out there. If you go to a popular search engine on the internet and type in etiquette, the first thing that comes up actually is this blog, really which is entitled Etiquette uh, Purgatory, shall we say? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we pulled a couple of stories from this blog. They're pretty pretty showing. Good. These are like worst case scenarios. Horror. Strangely, stories. a lot of these have to do with retail. Um, but it's interesting. Let's just see if any of us relate to them. Right. So this one is a person stops at their local sandwich shop, orders a six-inch turkey sub sandwich. Now, when the person placed their order, the guy behind the counter, the sandwich artist, <laughs> stared at them and said, "Ew," in a tone he might normally have reserved for someone slopping peanut butter onto roast beef and topping it with pickles. That is so gross. I don't know how you can eat that. Oh, uh, yeah. 
The person says, I just stood there dumbfounded. Never in my entire life had I experienced someone in food service passing judgment on my order. And it wasn't even like it was something unusual. <laughs> Did the guy go around insulting all the customers who order turkey subs? Well, it's not like he's even trying to upsell the guy to a more expensive sandwich. Right. They're all basically the gross. same price. Yeah. 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 It's it, it, I mean, it's turkey, too. That's that's the weird thing. Is what it, did you call him? A sandwich what? Engineer? Sandwich designer. Yeah. Sandwich architect. Arch- sandwich architect. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. He doesn't have, he's got no, he's he's uncouth. He has right. no etiquette. He doesn't know a good sandwich if it kicked him in the face. That's just a poor employee. Poor employee. That also, I mean, fired. he's making minimum wage. So we need better business employee, etiquette yeah. or you'll lose your job. What's another one? Okay, this one. Skyboy, um, by the way. Better etiquette, or you'll sleep through the show. This woman uh, was, quote, in the is she or isn't she pre- uh, stage of pregnancy. Oh, boy. Where she was pregnant, but not all the way yeah. where you're sure. Don't touch it. Don't go near it. She says her and her husband decided to visit a unnamed restaurant for lunch. Uh, she says, right after we were seated, the waitress came to take our order. She then said she would give us a few moments to look over the menu. She turned and looked straight at me and said that they are now offering an Atkins diet menu if I was interested. (laughs) Hey, Tubby. Uh, You want the Atkins diet or you going for what are you going for here? Seriously. This goes back to our pregnancy show. Yeah. Right. Was it last week we talked about this? Don't bring it up. Don't compare me to farm animals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at what point does the etiquette flip the other way around where you turn to your wife and just stand up and be like, "Uh, we're leaving? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but see, but really, I mean, they're not teaching this apparently in businesses because that's like two strikes against customer service. Hmm. They need retail gone wrong. Uh-oh, what? No, those those were two were oh, retail, those were gone, retail wrong. gone wrong. Our Any... next one here is about a bad boss, which maybe some of us could or could not relate to. I don't yeah, know. Right. I've never had a bad boss. I've had a million really horrible employees. <laughs> I've never had a bad boss. <laughs> One's like Don, Don during your show. You guys show. know Don. Don's the bomb. <laughs> if he's listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, this this one, by the way, comes to us all the way from France. Really? You France. think the the French would be more sophisticated or more? Oh yeah, they're really known for their customer right. service. <laughs> so this person uh, had a aunt die. Oh boy. And went to ask their boss if they can have the day off in order to attend the funeral. The boss responds, well, that's fine with me, but first I need a copy of the death certificate and a note from your parents. Now, keep in mind, this uh, woman is 23 years old and married and no longer living with her parents. Heavens. The boss required, yes, a death certificate. Isn't that interesting? Like, there's a lot of weird etiquette around death. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, when you're at the, like, when you're in line at the viewing to see the deceased and to give your right. love and condolences, what do you say that, like, is acceptable? Like, let me give you a few that I'm pretty sure aren't. How about, um, oh, wow. He looks great. He, they cleaned him right up. Okay, but, like, seriously, that's just messed. Uh, I had a, um, I watched at a funeral, my grandma's funeral, a woman came through and you know how they, they, I don't know why they do this, by the way, that's like weird etiquette. Do we need to know, do we need to meet everyone in the family? It's not like a wedding where we need to say hi to everyone in line at the funeral, but they have lines, I guess. So I, my mom and her sisters were in line at my grandma's funeral and a woman came through and she said, she stopped at the casket, talked to my aunts and said, do you know what you need? You guys know what you need right now? 
And by the way, advising anyone over a dead body, I probably wouldn't do it. Call me old-fashioned. But she says, you guys need a cruise. You need to take her money and send everyone on a cruise and celebrate her life. By the way, maybe great idea. Then she reached in her pocket and pulled out a business card. Oh, no. And said, let me set that up for you. She's closing a deal at a cast. That's just good business. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, no one's going anywhere. I mean, they're there to stay. Mm. Messed up. So, okay, give me some more. Well, back to the boss, by the way. Uh, the next week <laughs> for this person, There's their uncle dies. Okay. Different uncle, un- unrelated to yeah. the, That's a lot of death in one Oh, family. no, actually, no. This, the, this uncle of the woman who died, the, the husband of the woman who died. So this uh, person, again, goes to their boss, again, requesting a day off to go, go to a funeral. And the boss says, what? Again? So what is the deal with your family? Not exactly. Yeah. What is up with your people you know dying? Isn't that okay? Sad. This one. This one was probably my favorite one. Yeah. So uh, two brothers. Their wives hate each other. When the younger brother gets married, the older brother and his wife unable to go to the wedding, probably because they don't like the wives don't like each yeah. other but they still want to send a gift so they go into a store and buy a very nice vase vase a vase or a vase yeah. there was only a hundred of them made so much so that it had the serial number stamped into it that it was 67 out of a hundred wow they then give this gift to the younger brother that's get classy yeah a few months later the gifter yeah their child is getting married and they go to his house and they see the gift that the younger brother had gotten for his nephew. Oh man! Number sixty-seven out of a hundred of the same limited edition vase. Regifting. So not only did they regift, but they regifted back to, to the-, the person who gave them the gifts, son. Yeah, that's passive aggressive. They're yeah. trying to tell him something. Yeah. Regifting. That's another etiquette thing, isn't it? That's yep. you know how much can you get away with? But uh, we all do it. There's a lot of wedding etiquette questions on this blog. Last mm. one, pretty quick. Uh, yeah. The someone attends a wedding, a friend's wedding, gets them a nice expensive gift, over a hundred dollars for the gift. They then receive the thank you note. Which, you know, you're supposed to write the people right. who give you gifts thank you notes, correct? Receives a thank you note, but the thank you note says, um, in the thank you note, quote, I wish to delicately point at this point I wish to delicately point out the true cost of the wedding that I put together, paid for myself and hosted for you to understand and consider. The total cost to me for each guest to attend my wedding was $97 including uh items listed above which included the open bar, the yeah. caterers, yeah. the gifts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so in the thank you note they send out, they have to point out exactly, exactly how expensive their wedding was yeah, and how much it cost them per guest. Right. Which That's messed up. The guy actually gave him a gift worth $100. It cost $97. Well, see, so they broke even. Yeah. That was a break-even deal. Mm-hmm. They would die with me because I just give them my That book. just seems like poor etiquette to pound, <laughs> yourself on your, you know, pound yourself on the chest for it is. how great your, your, your wedding was. Well, you didn't go one step farther than add an additional line. The wedding was $97. If you'd like to help contribute to offset the weddings, please Which would kind of be tacky in and of money itself, to, right? Oh, yeah. But this is even more extreme. See, we need help. Our, we're losing it. It used to be drilled in our head. We used to just understand the importance of opening a door for somebody or saying good afternoon or allowing someone on the elevator first. But no. Now it's a dogfight. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get more, a little deeper into this etiquette idea. We're going to uh, be talking to Vicki Oliver, who is a best-selling author on a book about business etiquette. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. NASA helped shrink an entire trauma center into a briefcase for saving lives anywhere on the planet or above it. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Practicing trauma medicine in extreme or remote locations, you would like to have all the complicated life support and monitoring equipment of a hospital trauma center as well as experienced assistance. But a spacecraft, a polar research outpost, a battlefield, a mass casualty disaster, none of these places have that kind of equipment or room to hold it. That's why NASA's Johnson Center has worked for many years to help develop compact medical devices and systems in partnership with private industry and the Defense Department. And that work is paying off in the form of the Lightweight Trauma Module, a suitcase-sized array of integrated tools with a ventilator to assist breathing, IV pumps for fluids, and onboard heart, pressure, and respiration monitoring. The LTM can help stabilize a trauma patient in a vehicle or remote location, while its built-in computer can advise users on the best course of action for common emergencies. LTM can report to a distant hospital with real-time stats and patient care information for critical decisions and advice. LTM brings the trauma center to the patient wherever they may be hurt. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Did you leave BYU without a degree? We'd had a few years where, where farming had been very difficult. My wife and I had decided that, you know, we were at an end with our farming career. That decision to sell the farm was really a turning point in my life. In church, there was a poster from the Bachelor of General Studies program, and we decided to enroll. I see that it has blessed me in the life of our family. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about etiquette. Here's a question for you. Should you friend your boss on Facebook? Ooh, that could be scary. We're going to ask the pros on this one. What are the top three mistakes Americans make while abroad? I don't know. How about wearing that big, fat American flag How about being just really annoying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about That's talking real loud. loud? Talking That's loud. Talking loud on the subway yeah. in city, like uh, in London. Uh, yeah, Americans, you yeah. can always just spot them on the I, tube because they're just so <laughs> loud. I was in the tube in London, and there were some teenage girls there. I'm assuming they were tourists because I just can't imagine that <laughs> any well-bred mm-hmm. young British person would speak that loudly. They're just chatting and this little tiny old lady comes and he's like, now stop it. You do not speak so loudly. You are interrupting everybody else. And then she corrected yeah, him. She That's like, him. see, that is like the nanny. Yeah. Because that was, was it Mary Poppins? I, it might have been. It was pretty awesome. What is so great is, see, that's what we need. We need the net the net no not the netiquette we need the etiquette lady like mary poppins to teach us but we're not we're gonna have vicky she does shout out to julie andrews if only julie andrews could come in right if only we could throw oh nope somebody wake skyboy up 
Because um, right then we could have put in some Julie Andrews, I don't know, Mary Poppins music. Um, okay, business etiquette quiz. Merit's put a together quiz. a quiz for us. Let's hear it. Actually, this quiz is from Vicki Oliver's book. Cool. Yes. The book, by the way, 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions by Vicki Oliver. Okay. Here's the quiz. Yeah, we're going to see if you know mm. your business etiquette. I'm scared. Okay, ready? Number one. Here's the situation. One light, late night at the office, you accidentally discover who's been filching everyone's food from the fridge. What do you say to the thief? You say, Sky Boy, stay out of people's food. <laughs> you little pig. I haven't given the options yet. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry okay. about that. Because I'm sure it's okay. Sky Boy. A is, aha, caught in the act. Busted. B is, hey, Stanley, I'm pretty sure that's Shayla's Fuji water, judging from the fact that she's written her name on the bottle. Why not put the bottle back and we'll keep this just between us? Oh, okay. I like that C one. is nothing. Ignore him. D is nothing but report the situation to HR. Is there a taser answer? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I'm going with B. You're going to say, hey, that's so-and-so's. Fix it. I won't have to get. Yeah, but then you've got something over him, too. So you, yeah. can, you can get, you know, yeah. blackmail him. Get control. Hey. Total power. You were right. Was that right? I, that's. Whoa. <laughs> Breaking up nap time, aren't you, I think I don't do hotkeys because every time I do, it completely interrupts your train of thought. Well, it's and you, have so to, you always have to acknowledge but that. But if you would do it more, I wouldn't do that. Because you call it a hotkey. Ours aren't very hot. Ours are ha, quite, ha, ha, quite ha. cold. Warm them up a bit. Use them a lot today. Pop, pop them out all day long, okay? I'm here all day. Okay, give me another one. Okay, okay. I like this one. You're taking a taxi with three superiors from the office. You, A, get in first and slide all the way over. (laughs) B, get in second so that you can take the uncomfortable middle seat. C, get in third. D, get in fourth so that you sit up front with the driver. Yeah, you yell shotgun and you (laughs) hop in the front seat. Is that bad? I'd yell shotgun and hop in the front seat. No, because whoever's in the front seat is more likely to have to pay. Ooh, yeah, that's true. So if I were the youngest and I wanted to impress everybody, I'd say, hey, let me sit on the hump in the middle. That's what I'd say. I'd take a bullet. Matt, that wasn't right. Oh. Oh. Now, the answer is D, to get in fourth up front with the driver. Really? Yep. You let all three of them go first. And now an interesting thing about this, sliding all the way over, I learned a few years ago. That Miss America, one of the rules of being Miss America is that you never scoot. So she always has to be the last person into a car because she oh, can't scoot. Yeah, you don't want to scoot over. No. You, you remember that, Skyboy, because <laughs> you were scooting this morning. So, yeah, things <laughs> you didn't know. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm failing. They can't scoot. Give me another one. Hmm, let's find a good one. Make it one. a hard one because that, I'm not, the taxi thing's weird for me. Okay. I don't know taxi you don't take etiquette. A taxi so much. Okay. How about this one? When two people are discussing business, how far apart should they stand? Seven feet. Has to be closer than that. options were 10 feet, 7 feet, 6 feet, and oh, 3 feet. Oh, was there feet. 7 feet? One of, yeah. Okay, 6 feet or what? 3 feet. Th- well, 3 feet. Yeah, that's right. we got to be in the same atmosphere. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what easy. I think is that what I was reminded of in this question is that the distance thing is so funny, especially here at BYU between students who are flirting. Really? It's oh, yeah, like they close I've seen in. people having conversations yeah. about 10 feet away from each other. 
Really? Yeah. That's a sign. It's hilarious. You know what, by the way, if you want to get rid of the business, so if you don't want to keep the business or if you have someone at your door, just stand really close to them when you talk. <laughs> just take one step about a foot away and just look at them and tilt your head sideways. It freaks them out. I'm a highly trained professional. One more really okay, fast. Okay, here's a good one. You're running five minutes late to a job interview. You, A, wait until the exact second when you were supposed to arrive and then call your interview from your cell phone to apologize for your tardiness. B, don't call. Instead, fib about the security situation downstairs. Oh, man, your security's tight. C, don't call. Instead, set your gold watch back five minutes and carry on as if you were on time. Hmm. D, wait until five minutes before you were supposed to arrive and then call your interviewer to say you're running a bit late. Is this what you should do or what Matt would actually do? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> I, I would never be five minutes late. I'd be 10 minutes late. <laughs> 45 minutes. 40 or 15. 45 today. But I would, I would call. I would, would call, call if would they were expecting me. Five minutes before. Five minutes before. Okay, and that wasn't right. Oh, my God. Okay, but this is a trick question. I thought we'd finish out with that. Oh, thanks, Skyboy. Okay, the real, the, what you would do is call just when your interview is supposed to arrive. Because if you're interviewing, you don't want to give that person extra time to think about how you were late. Oh, that's messed up. It is, but... Hmm. But that way, you're still letting them know that you're running late, you're being polite, but you don't give them that extra time to yeah. ponder on the fact that you have already made a mistake. When, when's, so. that's inter- when's the appropriate time to pot up music? When somebody's talking, I mean, probably at least when the host has gone a minute over the time when they're normally supposed to cut out. I would agree with that. Well, <laughs> I guess we got to wrap it up then. <laughs> okay, just asking a question. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're bringing on the person that actually knows these answers. Three hundred and one smart answers to tough business etiquette questions. Vicki Oliver, the author of that great book, will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. BYU Radio's toll-free number to your phone contacts and be ready to chat with us anytime. Our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Whether you add your opinion to the morning show or ask Matt Townsend a question, we want to hear what you have to say. Again, our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. Call us. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Military leaders in Egypt forcibly removed President Mohamed Morsi from power today and named the head of the nation's top constitutional court as an interim leader. The Muslim Brotherhood, which the former president is a member of, also had their television station taken off the air. Concerns about Edward Snowden's future caused problems for Bolivia's president today when his flight was rerouted several times based on suspicions Snowden was on board. Now, however, the NSA leaker has been confirmed to still be in a Moscow airport. Ecuador's ambassador to the U.K. revealed a suspicious microphone has been found in the embassy where another man the U.S. wants extradited is hiding out, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So far, it's not clear who planted the mic or how long it's been there. Illegal immigration may decrease by 50 percent if a new immigration bill already approved by the Senate is enacted. However, the cost of increasing border security will eat into planned decreases in the federal budget.
A memorial service for the 19 firefighters who died earlier this week in Arizona was held last night with thousands in attendance. President Obama gave a statement earlier calling the men heroes who worked to protect the lives and property of people they would never even meet. State senators in North Carolina convened to hold a surprise vote on new abortion restrictions last night. The measure passed and is now headed to the state house, and if it is successful there, will be automatically in effect if Governor Pat McCrory does not specifically veto it. After taking significant damage from last year's Superstorm Sandy, Lady Liberty is scheduled to reopen to the public tomorrow for Independence Day. Before being closed ahead of the storm, the statue had only been open for one day after year-long renovations. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are taking on the topic, the subject today of etiquette. Do you think that as a culture, as a society, we are, you know, we're gaining more etiquette? We're we're becoming more cultured? We're understanding more of the do's and the don'ts of how to kind of deal with, uh, you know, in a healthy, caring, respectful way with one another? For example, do you even know if it's okay to blow on your soup at a business lunch? Should we slurp it? Now, some cultures would have you slurp away. But uh, I have a feeling it's not a good idea in our culture. Here we're going to talk right now to Vicki Oliver. Vicki is the author of um, five best-selling books on personal branding, etiquette, career development, including 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions. Her latest book, by the way, is The Millionaire's Handbook, How to Look and Act Like a Millionaire, Even If You're Not. She's a leading career advisor and image consultant in Manhattan. Vicki Oliver, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. This is a, this is a great book. This is a big book. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that about blowing soup. I mean, just so everybody knows, you can't do that. Oh. Do not blow on your soup. How do you cool it down? It's actually very complicated. You hold the spoon, and you, you circle it away from you, and then towards you again. Oh, I've seen and people do that. in that circle, it cools down. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to put an ice cube in it. Well, okay, that's even worse. <laughs> is, it, is that worse than blowing that's on it? That's worse. That's worse. See, this is it's why we need you, you Vicky. Across from you. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to impress, if it's the Queen of England. That's a problem. You need to just move your spoon around, don't you? That's right. That's right. Man. You know, a lot of it is, I mean, Emily Post said this best. A lot of it is just knowing what to do. Yeah. And if you don't know what to do, part of it is just saying, you know what? I'm so confident. It, you know, I'm just going to go through it. Yeah. Or I guess you just, you just watch around. I would just watch what everyone else is doing. Right. Well, sometimes that's a bad cue also. Because <laughs> they may not know either. They huh? may not know either. And then the soup gets all over the table. Well, this is why we need your help. So right. help us. Okay, first of all, just in your head, do you feel, are, are we getting, it seems like we're losing ground in the war on etiquette. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people think that, and a lot of people ask me that if things are worse today. Yeah. But the truth is, things are just as bad as they've always been. Yeah. Like, I read Emily Post's book that she wrote in 1922, uh-huh. and it, back then, she was complaining about how rude people were. 
You're right. Oh, you know? yeah. So if you think about it, like, not all that much has changed no. in almost a century. Yeah, we're, we still have rude people. We still we don't still quite know what people. to do. We don't know what we're doing. We're never taught etiquette in school or college. Right. And so you get out there into the workforce, and unfortunately, you're sort of judged on it, even though nobody else has been taught it either. Right, which is a big deal because right now people need jobs, and part of your etiquette may be very well the key to keeping a job or getting a job. Exactly. It's just a tool. It's another tool that you can use to help yourself along the way, to help Position yourself for success with clients, with bosses, etc. When people see that you know what you're doing, then they entrust you with their clients. I love that. Tell, okay, explain the word etiquette. What is it? So if we're talking etiquette, because I think, honestly, my sister went to an etiquette school. That's how for, and it was all based on Post's book. And we, they went, they sent her, we call, we said that they sent her out to fix her. That's hysterical. And she uh, went to charm school. She was charm school. Exactly. With the gloves right. and they balanced books on their head and it was awkward. Um, okay. So here, here yeah. is what it is. And very few people know this. All right. I was recently in Paris. I was in Paris last week. Okay. And I, like many tourists, I went to Versailles, mm. right? Yeah. And on the garden, in the garden of Versailles was a sign and it said, please keep off the grass. In various languages. Right. That is actually the derivation of etiquette. Back in with Louis the Fourteenth in Versailles, there were signs on the grass all the way back then telling really? people to keep off the grass. <laughs> really? Those signs were called etiquettes. Little and that's the derivation of the word. So an like etiquette is a little a rule. It's a little rule. It's a little rule. That should be obvious. Right. But for those that don't or have never seen grass or have exactly. a dog. Exactly. The head gardener complained to King Louis Fourteenth about all the terrible people who were trampling all over the grass in the gardens and ruining them. Yeah. And so they put up a little sign. That is the derivation. I love that. Now, what, what's, uh, I mean, so what if I'm a person like, hey, don't tell me what to do. Right. This is my world. This is my life. What good does a little rule that you're making, why do I need to follow it? Right, because etiquette works best when people feel like what is for the greater good. Hmm. Like, although it might benefit you to run across the grass because you'll get to the other side faster, yeah. a shortcut, right. it, if everybody did that, then there's no grass. Yeah. Etiquette benefits the whole at the expense of the individual. And that's why people should really learn those little tiny rules, etiquettes, in business. Because it makes you look gracious. It makes you look like you care about your fellow man and woman. You know, Mm -hmm. it makes you a better team player and people like you better. They they see it in your actions. So it's not like you have to just impress them. Exactly. Your own etiquette is speaking for you. Exactly. You're holding that door open for somebody, or maybe an elderly client walks into dinner late. You stand for that person. Like it's showing consideration right. for those around you. I love it. Yeah. I th- I, and again, I went to a private school. I think my parents thought we had problems because they sent us away to charm school and private schools to learn this. Right. And yet, I also liked it because it's it's just kind of the normalizing. It's the um, yeah, it's the mainstreaming of of respect. Right. And it's kind of teaching it to people who may not have learned it. I mean, most people don't go to private school and they don't go to charm school and they right. don't learn it. And they're out there and they're sort of, in my opinion, being inadvertently rude. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, inadvertently rude. And being inadvertently rude is still being rude. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't even know. Yeah, you didn't know. You know, what do I know? Okay, so I pull out my chat. Like, I've given etiquette seminars, and while I'm doing it, people are, you know, pulling out their texts and their phones and, and texting and stuff like that and hiding it in the napkins, all that. Yeah. The whole point is to kind of be present with people. You know, can I just point something out for a minute? Um, sure. Right when you were saying that, the very moment you were just <laughs> saying that, Vicky, our board operator, Skyboy, was look on his phone. Ignoring exactly. the show. There you go. I was not, taking notes, Matt. There you go. You were not. You were not being present. See that? We need. We need a sign. I made a sign. Actually, we need another sign. Um, okay, because let me just tell you, because I did something, and I and I actually knew better. So we went to Israel, my wife and I. We're on the dome of the rock. On there's a mosque at the top of that that is a very sacred place right. for uh, Muslims and. They said, you know, don't, don't touch each other. Don't hold hands. Don't right. hug. This is a sacred place. Right. Well, my wife and I, you know, we were young. And, right. you know, she couldn't leave me alone. Right. So she grabbed my hand. <laughs> she didn't. We held hands. We're holding hands on the most sacred. Like we're defiling. <laughs> we're defiling a sacred place for this entire religion. And they came up and were so mad and, like, like wanted to shoot us mad. And... um. But what it is is, and I didn't know. We didn't know. I mean, we right. kind of knew, but we forgot. But we didn't know. Right. It it didn't matter. It was so offensive to them. They literally wanted us off the rock. Right. Get out of here. And right. That's so what happens. It doesn't matter. You don't know, does it? it? Exactly. I mean, George Bush inadvertently gave a thumbs up sign when he was traveling right. one time. You know, <laughs> yeah. there are some gestures abroad and things we do abroad that we don't, as Americans, we don't realize that we might be insulting whole cultures by Vicky, doing that. George's father threw up on a Japanese leader. That's true. That's even worse. <laughs> that, that is a bit worse. <laughs> but, That's a bit worse. But one of the things you, you do kind of um, argue the point that we should become ambassadors for etiquette. I think the way to think of it is everybody who is employed working for somebody is an ambassador for their company. Okay, you could be the lowest level employee at that place, yeah. but you are still an ambassador for the company when you leave the company, you know, especially when you're out and about. Okay, you're still an ambassador for that company. Right. And you just want to behave in a certain way that doesn't embarrass the company. Mm-hmm. Like a great example of that I think is elevator talk, right? Yeah. You leave you leave the company and you're in the elevator and you feel like you're in a bubble. And you're talking to a friend of yours, let's say, about a new business pitch that's coming up, right? right? And you feel like you're alone, but the truth is, you know, there's some competitor of yours in the elevator that you've never seen before. You know, and that person then hears what the whole new business pitch is. Things get out in strange ways, and fields are very small. That's huge. And because our examples we were giving right when the show started were all of these customer service examples where the, the service was seen as poor, because the etiquette didn't exist. Exactly. It's huge. It's, it is. It is. And I'd say in an office environment, I mean, just every time you listen to your messages on speakerphone, for example, you know, somebody can hear the messages. <laughs> 
Right, and if you're working in a place without walls, let's say you're in a cubicle culture, everybody can hear you on the phone too. Oh, every time right. you get on the telephone, you know, and it's just little ways like thinking about that. Yeah, and actually showing. I'm actually I'm thinking about the rest of you here. I'm not just being selfish. Exactly, exactly. And so to try to you know moderate your voice, keep down the conversations. You know, also keep down the length of the phone conversations. You yeah. know, don't don't get on the phone with your doctor and talk about you know a mole. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. That might oh, be it's just infection. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Yeah, I mean, just whatever. You know, not to gross out your employee is like part of it. Oh, I know. And the stories we tell. And then, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to, um, how many pillars? You put together some pillars of etiquette. Yes. What are, what are, just how many are there? Do we have enough time to cover them in three minutes? Sure. I mean, I think of it as like sort of like the, the three C's or something like that. Yeah. Like, you want to be considerate. You want to be kind of um, compassionate to your fellow employees. You want to have camaraderie. I think those will do you well. Hmm. Like just to think about those. Yeah. And basically, you know, I mean, another way of thinking of it is you just want to be a person that other people want to have around them. That's a great. So it's you, you want to and because it, it's funny, I could have camaraderie at the expense of considerate. And then it's you not could. so, but it's You're not joking around, right. you know, with your your fellow, you know, men and women, and and maybe like somebody there is insulted by the joke. Exactly, you cross the line. So right. it's kind you of like I guess th- throwing as many of those in. And you're saying if we if we're thinking about this not just as fuddy duddy, you know, oh boy, more rules for the rich, right. um, but more like. Look, let's just be considerate of each other. Let's be compassionate of each other's needs, thoughts. Let's have camaraderie. Right. right. And I love that. You know, it's not, it's not a white gloves thing. Right. It's no. really a tool for you yeah. to use to get ahead. So think about it selfishly. It's about me getting progress. It's about yes. me getting more business opportunities. Exactly. And being able to impact the people around me. Right. And, you know, another C is confidence, because when you have those other Cs, then you are more confident and people just trust you better in business situations. Totally. Powerful. Okay, we're talking with Vicki Oliver. She is the author of 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions. You can check out her website, uh, VickiOliver.com. And we're going to come back. When we come back, she's going to get into your office situations, how to deal with all the kind of the tight spaces at work, social media, clothing, stuff like that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking on etiquette, giving you the tools you need right here on BYU Radio. On Talkworthy, host Kim Power Stilson chats with experts about topics of interest. And it seems like everyone learns something new. Yeah, and I think that was interesting, too, because there are some there were some courses in Scotland when I visited that did not allow women golfers, but not no longer. Really? Yeah. See, I came down to the show to learn more about it than you did. <laughs> Talk Worthy airs weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. With the Parent Previews Movie Guide, I'm Rod Gustafson. Although the Civil War tore America in half, it wasn't a black and white fight. For Abner Beach, played by Billy Campbell, a Democrat who strongly opposes Lincoln and the war effort to free slaves, sending boys and men off to battle is morally wrong. But the townsfolk in his northern states community don't see things the same way, and a battle begins brewing when Abner's opinions clash with those of his neighbors. But the Constitution says it's none of York State's business what Dixie does. I mean, those slaveocrats, 
They're not satisfied with their little corner of the country. They want to expand into Kansas, into Nebraska, into New Mexico. Good Lord, they want us to steal Cuba, too. How does that fit your beloved Constitution? First, what parents need to know about this movie is it depicts Maine soldiers returning home, a fistfight at an election poll, a huge fire that destroys a home, and a suicide. There's also brief profanities and some drinking, and rising tensions among neighbors. However, especially this week as we celebrate the 4th of July, for teens and adults, the PG-13 rated movie Copperhead is a powerful, albeit slow-moving look at the price one man and his family pays to exercise their right for conscientious to and the cost of war on the home front. It's in limited release, so you may have to wait for it to come to your area. Helping parents make confident cinema choices, this is the Parent Previews Movie Guide. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are trying to uh, educate on etiquette, and we have asked Vicki Oliver, the author of 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions. She's also the author to the book of the book, The Millionaire's Handbook, How to Look and Act Like a Millionaire, Even If You're Not. She's an image consultant in Manhattan. Um, Vicki, thanks so much for joining us. Now, let's get right back to the office situation. So here you sit in an office. Walls are pretty close. It's, we, we, we call them corrals. We've corralled all of our animals. They're all sitting there grazing at their little cube all day. And the walls are little half walls. Most of us share an, a window with 50 other people. How do we, what, what are some rules? What are, what are the little signs we should all be remembering? You already alluded to some, you know, don't, right. don't talk loud. Don't talk about all your personal stuff with your doctor. Right. I, love, I love how you just said animals because my first thought is like, don't, don't, don't act like an animal. But right. the other thing is there's something called prairie dogging <laughs> where somebody is sort of literally like their head is over the cubicle wall. <laughs> they just keep poking it over? They're asking you to go to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Don't do that. You no. know, I mean, just email the person yeah. and ask them if they want to go to lunch. I also, I, I'm a big believer in kind of the invisible wall. So if you're sitting in a cubicle, like and other people are, when you go up to them and you need their attention, I believe you should try to knock on the wall. Like, oh. don't just surprise them. Yeah. Hey, don't just boo. come in behind <laughs> them and read what's on their computer. Yeah, I agree. Because you have no private space. I like to, um, that invisible wall is a cool idea. Right. It's a, I, think it's a, I think it's a good idea. It's just a reminder that people need their space, even if there isn't a lot of space. And by the way, here's a cool trick. This is just old school. But if anyone's like prairie dog and, and popping their head up over the thing, have you ever played the game Whack-A-Mole? <laughs> what you do is you get a big blow-up hammer and you just pop them right on the head. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. HR may not like it, but you know what? They'll never do that again. You know, a lot depends on the corporate culture where you are. It totally does. You know, like if you, if you work in a playful culture, some of the rules are a little more lax. Yeah, whack-a-mole. Well, I don't know about that. But, but if not, but I, I, too, because there is no private, there's no privacy. So right. you can't just see, you can't, oh, and how about this one where you're like trying to schedule a, a meeting or an appointment and someone kind of looks over at your planner. Right. And, and kind of eases in on your private area, exactly, your space, exactly. this area you don't want them looking. You know, if you work 
Okay, I mean, I wrote another book um, about bad bosses. I mean, if you, it depends on, a lot depends on who you work for. Like, if you work for somebody who is perennially nosy, mm-hmm. and they're always trying to see, like, your to-do list, in that particular case, you know, I would make it really large yeah. <laughs> so that they can read it. Yeah. You know, like, go with it. Yeah. You know, the idea is not to create friction, right. but to ease the friction. Well, and, and you can always remember, I mean, put your put the personal things that are in your schedule in another way that's in a code that they may not ever understand. Exactly. And then exactly. write the other ones in really big letters. Exactly. That's huge. You know, so just, you know, you want to always try to, I think, you know, ease tensions, get along with people. You don't want to, for example, let's say you receive a pesky email and somebody's kind of snarky in the email. You know, you don't want to just reply and up the ante and yeah. then you're in a war with that person. Right. But boy, that's where we go, huh? Our ego gets involved, and then we're we have an ego etiquette battle. Yeah, you know that person. Let's say they took credit for something that was your idea. Yeah. You know, instead of just walking down the hallway and knocking on the cubicle wall and talking it out with the person, you know, you quickly send off an email to them, and they're furious. Yeah. You know, and now the relations are poisoned where you're working. You don't want to ever do that. No, I agree. And um, and there's so many little nuances to all of this, isn't there? It's, it's, so you kind of have to take it on a one-by-one basis. And you have to be a, yeah, you have to take it on a one-by-one basis and also consider, you know, the person involved, the people involved, and a little bit like everybody's ranking as well. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's your boss, like, who's leaning over your shoulder, it's a little different than if it's, you know, your secretary who's mm-hmm. leaning over your shoulder. It's, it kind of right. depends. Right. But the idea is to sort of say, you know, to some extent it is a popularity contest. Yeah. Um, when, when layoffs come around and cuts come around, the people who, are, who stay on are people that people like. Yeah, that's the camaraderie, huh? Right. Um, talk to me, because this seems to be a big part of the, especially when the temperatures are up in the hundreds, what clothing should we be wearing? <laughs> I okay, mean, just so the etiquette of what you're wearing, it impacts me. Like, yeah. No. It says a lot. It, says it a doesn't lot. fit. Like, Don't wear it. And, if you, right. If you walk in, let's say it's 100 degrees. I live in Manhattan. Okay. You know, it's pretty warm today. Yeah. Let's say you walk in and you're wearing like Birkenstocks and your toenails are hanging out and you know, you're wearing shorts and you're very ca- casual. You know, that sort of sends a message. It kind of sends a message like you're more into sort of having fun mm-hmm. <laughs> than kind of being professional. There's nothing wrong with having fun, and I actually believe that fun should be part of working, so don't get me wrong. You know, it should be a big part, but it depends, you know. Now, if you walk in that way, and then you have lunch with a client, and then that person is coming in with a tie and jacket, you know, they're going to stare at you like you're from Mars. So it it depends on, you know, the day, and also a lot, the culture of the place where you work. The culture's huge. Like when I, I'll go do a speech, but when someone's hiring me to speak to their people, I always ask them, what is the dress? What do you want me to wear? Right. Because they're paying me. Exactly. It's, a, it's just a great idea to yeah. really kind of know, especially if you are in a situation that is different for you. Yep. You know, if you're walking into somebody's country club, like find out, you know, yeah. what is the code there? What's the dress code? That's good. That's really good. Does um, t- let's talk social media, emails, because that's getting crazy. Right. 
And texting. Yeah, I mean, with texting, I think particularly, like, let's say you work in a, in a company and everyone's very young, you know, they're skateboarding through the halls and people are texting. I think it's fine yeah. to text. The idea is to fit in. Right. You know, but let's say with texting, let's say everybody texts, you still don't want to text bad news. Uh-huh. You know, you don't want to say we lost the client today. Yeah. <laughs> you know. L O L. Better luck. Today. Yeah. Right. Right. You just so so even with even in a very casual environment, I think you want to be sensitive about what to say yep. and the means that you have to say it. Like so, maybe a phone call is better sometimes. So you, you you almost have to choose the the proper communication for the message. Right. We have so many tools today to yeah. communicate. And you just have to think about that. You know, Facebook is not is not the medium to say I'm having a really crummy day at work. Yeah, man, this this is this is like slave labor. Right. Yeah. You know, because your boss will probably read it or hear about right. it anyway. Right. So you have to be really sensitive. We have too many ways to communicate, and so you have to sort of almost be your own marketing director and say, okay, how am I going to say this? And some of that is saying, you know what? Sometimes speed isn't so helpful. Exactly. It's better to sit back and think before sending the email. And considerate means I choose. I might even just determine my whole messaging based on if it's going to you, what's the best way for you to receive my message? Right. And, yeah, if there needs to be a lot of data, we should probably be calling. If the issue's serious in content, we should probably be meeting. Exactly. Um, and so part yeah. of that is, again, it comes back to sort of like the, the three C's and also feeling poised with people. Mm. So it, it's sort of like we don't want to hide behind the computer. Right. That, don't you think like that's, so a, that's easy it? It's so to just hide oh, totally. and email everybody and yeah. never emerge. Yep. That's... That's that's part of this, huh? Is that we 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 got to get out of our comfort zone a little bit, and that's the confidence, I guess, you're talking about. Be confident in who you are and what you're representing. Yeah, and you know, just realize like when does something merit a deeper conversation? I mean, another uh, little snafu I think with email is like the blind copy function. Yeah, I, I think you know, blind copying people is very, very, very dangerous. Right. Um, you know, inevitably the person, um, you know, it's annoying, like if you're, if you're constantly blind copying, let's say your boss on some sensitive communication, it's kind of annoying, but also it's not perfect. I mean, I don't know if people realize that, like yeah. you can go in and you can look up a person's name and then blind copy emails come up too, you know? Interesting. So like yeah. later that person can find out that, that you blind copied somebody else. And so I sort of recommend, like, to never, ever use that function. Well, or anything. Put the person on. You know, copy the person openly. Right, or anything deep, like anything kind of backhanded. Right. Yeah, setting someone up. Um, Answer me this. Where's the proper use of a cell phone in a restroom? I'm I'm saying medical emergencies. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying if you're stuck in the restroom, you can call. Other than that, put your cell phone away. Well, also, just be considerate about the other poor people in the restroom with you. Yeah. Like, you just, nobody wants to, like, hear that conversation. No. Well, I walked you know, in and a guy's like, hi, there. yeah. And I'm like, hi. Yeah. I mean, hi. I think elevators are, like, just as bad, frankly. Oh, they are. Because the people, the poor other people are trapped in the elevator with you. <laughs> you know, and do they really want to know, like, what you're eating for dinner? You know? Yeah. I don't think they do. No, they don't. 
I know they don't. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Vicki, we're talking with Vicki Oliver, author of 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions. We're going to take a break, come back. When we come back, we're going to ask Vicki a bunch of other questions about, for example, parties, eating. How do you uh, effectively eat a, a piece of sushi? without totally messing up the entire deal with your business partner and clients. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back. More on etiquette. We're going to uncover it all right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. World issues can be complex and oftentimes confusing. The percentage saying that he's more pro-Israel went down from 31% to only 6 It fell a few months later, only 4%. The poll had a margin of error of 4.5%, which if you think about it, is almost mathematically impossible. Uh, that meant that there were people who hadn't even been born yet who had a problem. Learn from the experts by listening to Notes from the Kennedy Center, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. With Mohamed Morsi now removed from the Egyptian presidency, military leaders who disposed him are working to lay a new roadmap for the country. New elections are being planned and the current controversial constitution has been suspended. The transition has gained widespread support from both religious and political leaders. Concerns about Edward Snowden's future caused problems for Bolivia's president today when his flight was rerouted several times based on suspicions Snowden was on board. Now, however, the NSA leaker has been confirmed to still be in a Moscow airport. Ecuador's ambassador to the U.K. revealed a suspicious microphone has been found in the embassy where another man the U.S. wants extradited is hiding out, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So far, it's not clear who planted the mic or how long it's been there. Illegal immigration may decrease by 50 percent if a new immigration bill already approved by the Senate is enacted. However, the cost of increasing border security will eat into planned decreases in the federal budget. A memorial service for the 19 firefighters who died earlier this week in Arizona was held last night with thousands in attendance. President Obama gave a statement earlier calling the men heroes who work to protect the lives and property of people they would never even meet. State senators in North Carolina convened to hold a surprise vote on new abortion restrictions last night. The measure passed and is now headed to the state house, and if it is successful there, will automatically go into effect if Governor Pat McCrory does not specifically veto it. After taking significant damage from last year's Superstorm Sandy, Lady Liberty is scheduled to reopen to the public tomorrow for Independence Day. Before being closed ahead of the storm, the statue had only been open for one day after year-long renovations. That's the news at the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are we're trying to you know improve our etiquette. We're trying to educate about the many nuances of manners and proper behavior with other people, the do's, the don'ts, the things you absolutely shouldn't do, i.e. talk on your cell phone in a stall in the restroom. 
It messes us up. So uh, we've asked a great, wonderful guest, in fact, Vicki Oliver, and she is she's written five best-selling books. One of her books is 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions, and uh, Vicki has, has put together, by the way, it is a great, it's a thick book. This is for the dollar, Vicki, probably the most valuable book I've seen lately. Thank you very much. It's affordable, and it's huge. Thank you. An effort was made to really include a lot of questions, give a lot of answers, yeah. you know, make it a value. I mean, it really, a lot of people don't have kind of the the basic social intelligence. I mean, not to be rude, but some people just haven't, their, their parents haven't taught them, they didn't know. So if you feel like you're lacking in that, if you've ever received feedback from a boss about, you know, some of your social skills or interactions or you know, some things that might tick people off, this is the book to get. 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions. You can also go to VickiOliver.com where you can check out her blog. She has some wonderful stuff there as well. So, Vicki, here's back to some questions. We, we got to get into this. To me, um, socializing and mixing it with business is kind of, sometimes that's where we get sideways in etiquette, isn't it? Yes, but I want to just sort of um, nuance that a little bit. I mean, I feel, somebody asked me recently, do I feel like you should never drink with your boss? Like, no, I don't feel that way. I think right. you should. I think you should go out. I think you should have fun at after hours and, and you know, get to know your colleagues yeah. well because they have to like you and you have to get along in the office. Yeah. So towards that end, I am all for it. I think, you know, you just don't want to drink too much when you go out with them. You, you, you don't want to pass a out. Bit careful. And also be careful like you don't want to drop corporate secrets <laughs> when you're out with your client yeah. either. Yeah, that's or true. Or even just when you're out, period, you really don't want to do that. So you just have to moderate the drinking so that you don't do that. Yeah. I mean, it really, you you got to keep your wits about you. Yeah, you do. I went to a baseball game, a New York Yankees game, you'll appreciate this, with a really big company back there. I won't name names. Right. And uh, I, had, I was their speaker, and I spoke the day before, and then we went to the Yankees game, I, and I had no idea what we were getting into here. And they got on the bus, coolers full of beer and alcohol, and they got plastered. Right. And um, they, then we came back to the hotel. I just was loving a Yankees game. Um, and... Lo and behold, I didn't think any of them would make it to the meeting the next morning. Right. So I asked the boss, do you want to just delay it? I don't right. know, two hours? And they're like, oh, no. no. Oh, no, definitely not. They'll but all be also, there. Like those little things that like you drop, let's say you've had three or four beers and you drop something, you feel like, oh, we're all having a great time. Nobody will remember it. That's not true. Right. The next day they will remember whatever yeah. it was you said. You That's know? right. <laughs> See, that's interesting. Talk about the food, too, because, so, I mean, like, even uh, we, my wife and I went to sushi the other day. Sushi's just not a delicate meal. You just, you got to shove it in your mouth. It's true. It's a little bit tough. I mean, chopsticks can be tough <laughs> to manipulate. For me, I don't think there's any shame. Like, if you if you are at a Chinese restaurant or a Japanese restaurant, I don't think there's any shame if, if you're with a client in asking for a fork also right. and sort of pick up with the chopsticks, the stuff you can, but use the fork for other things like rice. You know, mm-hmm. rice is hard oh, with yeah. chopsticks, let's be honest, <laughs> unless you're really adept at that. If you're great at it, if you know how to manipulate the chopsticks, use that because you'll have more fun. Yeah. But don't feel embarrassed to ask for a fork and knife. Mm-hmm. 
really don't because then you'll you you know you don't want to like spot yourself like drop stuff on your tie you don't want to do that <laughs> yeah that's uh, is I guess is it wrong to tuck your tie in your shirt while you're eating something that's messy yes it's technically wrong <laughs> you know putting a napkin over you like a bib is technically wrong what if I you mean, take your I would shirt off probably better to spot the shirt than to do that yeah I think but you're right. again if everybody around the table is doing it you know let's say you're eating lobster right. or something really messy if everybody around the table is doing it then you go right ahead jump on These in are just guidelines they're just guidelines right. nothing set in stone um i guess one of the keys to this though my job isn't i i'm not the etiquette police right my job is just to kind of take care of me but how do i do i need to worry about giving feedback to others i think it's a good idea i mean just look at it that people are ignorant and they don't realize it Mm -hmm. it's the inadvertent rudeness thing they don't really know so to the extent that you can give constructive feedback yeah i think it's helpful like if there's somebody there and you're trying to mentor them along i think it's very helpful yeah, and, uh, and if say, you're in that you know, position, you can't wear you can't wear the same outfit every single day to the office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are noticing. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to take it to the dry cleaner once in a while, or whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to tell people, but it also helps when you're on the giving feedback end. It also helps to have some humor yeah. about the situation. Yeah, it, it, it just it helps the medicine go down. It does, and to have a little distance on it. Yeah. So the person doesn't feel bad. Like one way to give uh, feedback that people talk about a lot is like a compliment sandwich. Like yeah. you tell the person something they're doing well, right. then something that they need to improve on, and then end with something they're doing well. Mm-hmm. That's and that works. And it's it's especially if you have a relationship with them, you can. I, I found you can say anything if you've really built a relationship with somebody. Right. It, once they trust you uh-huh. and that foundation is there, you really can. But I also think if you just always say, this has to be constructive. Right. You know, it's a dialogue and it's, it's constructive. Also, if you're mentoring somebody and you really want them to succeed, you know, have that conversation before the performance review rolls around. Mm-hmm. You know, help them improve it so that it won't show up yeah. on the performance review. A- answer me this one. This, was, this is another one that's difficult. What happens when um, you might not, like let's say you're at a party, you don't know someone's name. Right. You should know them because you're pretty right. sure you're related. <laughs> You've met them 10,000 times. You've met times. them 10,000 times. Right. You may have even delivered their baby for heaven's right. sakes, but you don't know their name and your wife or your spouse or your guest is there and it's almost it's now it's obvious time we should be introducing right what do you do i would just say i would sort of say this is my friend so and so and push that person like in your case your spouse push that person into the hand of the other person yeah so and then he or she will be forced to introduce themselves that's how i would do that's how i would handle it because that's awkward isn't it that's that moment like you don't even know me right it's very awkward a lot of times even that suggestion is very obvious yeah i mean the other thing you could say to the person that you go with you could just say look there are a lot of people here who i i should know but I, i just don't remember their name yeah so if i don't introduce you that's what I tell that's my wife the every time. You know, you introduce yourself. Yeah, and then I, that's exactly what we did. And then my wife realized, you don't know anyone's name. Well, that's that's fine. <sighs> but, you know, there are little tricks, like, for remembering people's names. Like, one thing is repetition if you meet mm-hmm. somebody to just say, okay, well, you're Matt. Okay, that's nice to meet you, Matt. Matt. Matt, Matt. Yes, Matt. You know, that's great, Matt. But just don't do it so much that you sound like a used right. car salesman. Yep. 
I've had guests on the show that used my name 500 times. Right. And you're like, we counted them, in fact. Exactly. Because um, uh, that, that's huge. I, I really think you want people to feel good about themselves. You don't want them to feel awkward. Right. And I guess, too, if you don't know their name, you probably shouldn't keep calling them pal. No. Hey, buddy. That's, that's terrible. Hey, friend. <laughs> this is terrible. Concentrate. You know, if you're Brother. in a situation where you're meeting lots of new people, yeah. just try to concentrate on the first name. Yeah. You know, don't try to worry about the rest because you can look it up later. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a business situation, you meet a lot of people at the same time. You know, if you're at if you're sitting at a conference room table, write down the names clockwise. Yeah, I love as that. they come, and then you can just quickly refer to your sheet. Yeah. As you're looking at them, but if you're in a party situation, just concentrate on their first name. Say it, sprinkle it a couple of times in the conversation. I, you know. I think that's that's actually that's just so matter of fact good advice. It's just it's little tricks though, but you almost have to learn them, you know, by doing them with people. Right. And, um, you know, if you don't remember their name at the end of the day, it's probably okay to ask them. You know, right. just say like, "I'm so sorry." Yeah. You know, I'm having a senior moment. I just don't remember. Yeah. Your Who name. are Can you? you? Repeating it. Yeah. Um, and that's what's like. I have a really good memory of faces, so I can remember the face and even the context I know them from. Right. But I can't. So I can say, oh, I know I met you at this. Right. What was your Remind me of your name again. Right. Um, what about one thing that happened to me? And, and I guess this is what it gets a little touchier because I want to open a door for someone. I mean, I'll open it for anyone. Right. Um, but then I once had a woman stop me and say, I don't need you to hold my door. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And right. I just slammed okay, it so on. That, her etiquette was atrocious. Yeah. You know, your etiquette was perfectly fine. It's not and a, it's not a gender you know, thing. Right is right. I right. mean, you were right. She was, you know, very rude inadvertently. And um, you were right to do that. Don't worry about it. I mean, today, women can open doors for men. Men can open sure. doors for women. Everybody should open the door for anyone who's elderly. There, there you go. That's great. But we shouldn't sit there and wait for the elderly guy with a walker to open the door for us. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, so, so it's, again, you know, it's just moving aside, like even like holding open an elevator door for somebody mm-hmm. who looks like they could use the help. Yeah. I mean, it's just common sense. It's common, it's common courtesy. Sense. Yeah. It's in versus getting on and hurry and hitting the close, 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 close button. Right. Yeah. Or just like walking through the door and you know there's somebody behind you and you let it bang anyway. That mm-hmm. is so bad. Yeah. Even if you get held there for five minutes holding it for everybody. That's right. happened to me just recently That's at a graduation. Fine. That's totally fine. You know, you're just you're just being friendly mm-hmm. is all. None of these are permanent either. This is this isn't like a war and oh man, I'm losing in the etiquette battle. Right. You, you t- in five minutes you'll have another chance. Exactly. That's exactly. F- That's really true. I love that. They're like little micro ways that you can show that you care and that you have poise and confidence. Yeah. And there are 10 of these opportunities every single day. That's what's so great about your book, because really, just when you think you know it, there's another idea. There's another idea. Your boss leaves a rambling message. You can hear every word, but still have no clue about what it means. How do you translate it? Right. Right. So I have different scenarios for that. And a lot depends on whether or not, you know, the person is around. Like, 
in a different book, I talked about a person, an absentee boss, and then you finally get the voicemail, and you can't decipher a word right. of what he's saying, yeah. you know? And then everybody's like, well, what did he say? And you're like, I have no idea. You know, it's yeah. completely garbled. I don't know. But a lot of times you just have to say, you know what? This is what I think you said. You have to leave a message back. Mm. We had trouble hearing it. It was a little garbled. You know, this is what I think you said. A little humor, this too. Is what we're going on. If that's wrong, call yeah. us back, you yeah. know? You want me to buy you a llama? <laughs> I didn't pick exactly. up your message. Can you repeat it? It also seems like, and we we alluded to this even earlier, you know, Americans, we're so proud of our culture, of our identity. It seems like when we go abroad, we are we are offending people left and bro- left and right. Yeah. Are there yeah. any that stand out just kind of rules when abroad? The fir- the biggest rule is if you're doing business abroad, A, buy my book, and B, buy other books that are specifically about that particular culture. That is the biggest rule, so that you don't inadvertently do something that really will set you back. (laughs) Like a thumbs up. Like a thumbs up. I mean, another thing is, like, for example, in Japan, you know, having direct eye contact is sometimes considered rude. Uh Here in America, you have to look people in the eye, or they will think you're rude. Yeah, or, yeah, he's shifty. Yeah, he's shifty-eyed, you know. Um, why isn't he looking at me? He's making me very, very nervous. Like in other cultures, sometimes looking at somebody is considered very rude. Right. So things like that, you know, you really need to know about, you know, your your handshake, grip. Like here we want it firm. In other places, sometimes a little bit limper is yeah. better. Fishy. It's, it's better. It depends on where you are doing business. So, right. you know, help yourself by learning about the culture, learning about the business culture. And also, I mean, you're working at a place, like, ask those around you, you know, did they go to business in Japan? Like, what were some of the stumbling blocks that they found there? For example, learn, you know, learn from your colleagues what to do and what not to do. Humble yourself a little bit. Yeah. Get some data. Uh, uh, One more, Um, religion, politics, sex, um, money. Those seem to be kind of like the dangerous things that we should never mention. Do you buy that, or do you just, again, kind of say, if you if you have a history, read it one by one, because some of those could be seriously offensive? I think you have to be a little bit careful um, when, let's say, if you're at a client dinner, and, for example, if everybody's Republican and you're a Democrat or something like yeah. that, you know, and there's a big election coming up, <laughs> okay, I think you have to be a little bit sensitive to other people's opinions right. and realize, like, not everybody feels exactly the same way as you do, mm. you know? And so I might agree to disagree, you know? I mean, there are just ways you could just be like, okay, we agree to disagree, and then nobody's offended yeah. at all. Fine. You know, Let the country into fall the into disarray. Right. It's it really because then it becomes well Rush Limbaugh, and then we start. Then we're once you're in the argument where you're defending policy, right. you've right. gone too far. Also, nobody's listening to you anyway. I know. You know? I know. Like it's, you'll never change another person's mind. I know. Isn't that? But we fight it, don't we? Yeah. We so, totally I do. Mean, if you just say, "I'm never changing the people's minds," so then why bother having mm-hmm. the conversation? And I'd almost rather go down instead of uh, going down as a positioned in politics or some person positioned in one side or another of an argument, I think I might rather go down as considerate, compassionate, with camaraderie and confidence and poised. Exactly. You just want, you know, you just really want to get through that dinner. And a lot of times, you know, like 
a way around that is just to sort of subtly try to change the topic. You know, yeah. oh well, we all do, we don't all agree on this. You know, but you know, I what is your hobby? Like, yeah. ask somebody something about them, yep. personal, like a hobby. Those are good conversations to have. I make Republican posters for the <laughs> Republican. Okay. How about them Yankees? Um, you know, like yeah. golf, tennis, things yeah. like that. I, and I, th- those are safer. And honestly, in a way, it's a faster way to truly get to know somebody to talk about so- some of those softer things than something that will immediately polarize us. Exactly. Good advice. Hey, um, we so appreciate you. Really, Vicki, I, people, you need to go get this book. If you know somebody that maybe doesn't quite get some of the complexities of etiquette or just common sense, this is really just common sense. It's just not common practice, is it, Vicki? Right. Well, I appreciate you. Go get the book. I guess it's everywhere. Amazon.com. They can get it anywhere. And go check out VickiOliver.com and get more. You can see all of her uh, interviews there as well as upcoming events. We appreciate it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. A new way to get an injection, not from one needle, but from hundreds, maybe thousands. And it won't hurt. This is Innovation Now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Maybe you're one of those people who are afraid of getting a shot at the doctor's office. We have some good news for you. Maybe. It's a new way to deliver medicines to the body, but instead of one large needle, it's more like a miniaturized bed of nails, hundreds, perhaps thousands of microscopic nanoneedles with a tailored payload of medicine. Researchers at North Carolina State University created the new device by growing nanofibers of carbon on an aluminum base, embedding them in a flexible membrane, and etching away the base material. What remains after the base is etched away is something like a flexible carpet or sheet of tiny hypodermics. Coating these tiny spikes with customized medicines, the membrane could be run into tight spaces and expanded to embed the medicine directly into cell walls of the brain or other organs with high precision. These nano-injectors might someday become a replacement for hypodermic vaccinations. Instead of a shot, imagine getting a bandage-like sticker to wear on your arm, with hundreds of needles so tiny your skin nerves can't even feel them. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping it up. We've been talking about etiquette. And uh, guys, have you learned something? And gals, Merritt. Have we learned something? Have we learned, like, what stands out? Your most, your famous, your favorite etiquette learning. I like what she said about camaraderie. What were the three C's? Um, uh, considerate, considerate, compassionate, compassionate camaraderie, confidence. I, yeah, because I think usually when you think about etiquette, you only think about the first one. Right. It's like just be considerate. Yeah. But then I think that's why people don't want to do etiquette is because it comes off as cold. Right. But if you put those other things in there and view it as a way to propel your relationships with other people, it works a lot better. And, it, and etiquette just sounds, I don't know, French, like a sign yeah. on a lawn. Yeah. But it really, it, it maybe mean, means more just being a good person. Like just the rule, I like the rule. I don't remember her mentioning it. I think I read it somewhere that if you receive a treat from somebody, 
if you like, for example, if somebody gives you a plate of brownies, for example, that you would share and you'd share with the people that are around you so as to build camaraderie. I've got and, an etiquette question. Then, What if there's five people but four brownies? Well, I is would it better to not share, not bring it up so someone's feelings aren't you hurt? You hope one of the guys is gluten intolerant and can't eat it. <laughs> Bing! Bing! And um, or you just serve everyone else and not yourself because you're not selfish. That's no fun. That's no fun for anyone. Anyway, Skyboy got some brownies, and he's been rubbing it in our face. It's not true. It is. It's totally true. <laughs> By the way, from another host on the show, on uh, BYU Radio. So he's like, gosh, Matt, you've never given me brownies. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so Robbie, you've got uh, a little bit of uh, manners lesson. the internet asking you a question, they're just going to tell you what to do instead. Okay, let's hear it. Which list would you like? Manners of, and common courtesy that you really appreciate or ones you wish that would go away? Let's do the ones that we wish would go away because we just spent three okay. blocks on what so check that was one. healthy. Now, uh, this is what we shouldn't do. These are the manners that – these are the, what people think just need to go away. These are the ones they away. tell you that you have to do, but darn it, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Elbows on the table. Oh, there they are. Well, like specifically that. when you're eating because yeah. you can kind of lean into your food. Well, you need leverage. It, yeah, it gives you leverage. So that's that's what we shouldn't do. Why do they put the table right at elbow height right. if you're not supposed to put your elbows there? That's a great point. I can understand feet on the table. Yeah, that's gross. You could understand maybe your head on the table. Yeah. But elbows, I don't know. Standing ovations, not that they're wrong, but now everybody does a standing ovation for every performance. Oh, boy. Look at Merritt jump on this one. Yeah. I have musician parents. Yeah. And I have grown up my whole life not standing when anybody else stands because they taught me from a very young age standing ovations are for exceptional performances, for ones that you like, wow, I may never, ever experience something like that again. Yeah. And so even when something's really good, I won't stand unless it's something I'm like, wow. Yeah. You didn't think my amazing. child's performance was exceptional? Rude. <laughs> no, I didn't. Who was that lady? Yeah. That so there are a few. I mean, I can really think back to the performances that yeah, I have been handful. to where I s- stood. This goes hand in hand with one. I was telling Rob this before the show. Encores at yeah, musical performances concert. and yeah. concerts. Like at a rock concert, the headliner now, no matter what, no matter how good their performance was, they come back out and do two or right. three more you songs, right? Another little mini set. Right. And it used to just be that the encore was... It was spontaneous. The crowd loved it. They were chanting one more song. They come back out and play another song. Now it's just expected that yeah. the band's going to come back out and do another song. Well, and and it when you're clapping for that encore, you know it's like, come on. Yeah, they're coming back. Come on. Hurry. To be fair, though, the cool thing about standing ovations is because they happen so often, when there's a really good one that happens after a really good performance, it does feel cool. It does. Like a real one. Like when you feel yeah. it. By the way, also standing ovations in Congress. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you, Probably because they normally won't deserve and you, one. But you also prolong the speech. I'm oh, sick and, of and, it. And uh, clapping at the end of a movie. Oh, that oh, one drives me because nuts. Because the filmmakers aren't there. I oh, I haven't seen that, I don't think. Oh, that, oh, that happens all the time. It, goes, it drives me nuts. I don't ever see the movies people clap Okay, about. wait. Now, here's a question for my movie-loving friends. Yes. I feel like it's courtesy to stay till the end of the credits. Of a movie, I oh, always only do. if Samuel Jackson's going to show up at the end. Then... Only if there's blooper footage yeah. at the See, same you're, time. That, you're trying to show loyalty. to No, these and crews. it's not even like not even if I was like, "Wow, it's a really good movie. I want to stay for the whole." End. Granted, I did try at one point to sit through one of Peter Jackson's movie credits, and considering the amount of 
extras used, I think I got through like 10 minutes. <laughs> but generally speaking, I feel like there are people at the bottom of the list who put their hard work into that movie. Yeah. The least you can do is watch their name run by. Like, that's See, kind of sad. That's they nice of their, you. They got their paycheck. That's good etiquette. That's, that's movie reward. etiquette. I feel like I feel like I owe it to them. Someday I'm probably going to be one of those You are. People. And funny, and I've never thought of that. If you yeah. wanted your name, if you wanted people to see your name, maybe you should have been a production assistant. Maybe you should have been a movie star. Yeah, That's well, my... see, but I mean, I think it's the least, like, you can acknowledge that they worked on the movie. And I think most people don't realize how much work goes yeah. into a general movie that is being made. But, like, for example, I have an uncle who does, um, it's called matte painting. He puts the backgrounds into special effects scenes. Oh, wow. And it's this really, really high, you know, it's kind of high art right. in a way, digitally. But, you know, we always stay and cheer for the end. Yeah. We're always the last people, and they're like... The people are coming like sweeping popcorn do the to people, our yeah, feet. The ushers are like, oh, <laughs> like, one of these people. Oh, yeah. I would do it, but I don't know what a key grip is. <laughs> and if I just knew what the key grip was. Nor do you want to know, really. <laughs> what is the key to the grip? Hey, real quick, one final one. Yeah. I love the way the guy phrased this. I'll just read it verbatim. We're expected to send out thank you cards for everything. Give me a wedding gift. Thank you card. You bought me dinner after my dog died. Thank you card. You sent me a thank you card. Hey, a thank you card right back at Thanks you, for buddy. The thank you card. Or the thank you. Like, have you ever like sent an email? Then they sent an email. Then you sent an email. Then thanks. K. Thanks. Good. The one letter. Okay, bye, the thanks. one letter. One letter. One word. Uh. Text and emails. Can I add one to this? I one that really bothers me is over courteous waiters. Yeah. Right. Like they have to come check on you every thirty right. seconds. How's that tasting? How was that a good? Yeah. Do you like it? The thing is, if you go to a really nice restaurant, the waiters are like invisible. So yeah, yeah. That you don't know this, all of a sudden your glass is filled. And you didn't it's even the most know what happened. Thing. Yeah. I love it. That's a good. I, I'm, either, I'm either at a restaurant that. with someone I want to be conversing with, and mm-hmm. your conversation keeps getting interrupted, or if I go out and eat by myself, which I do sometimes, I don't really like to take a book, and it's like my reading time. Well, see, I think you ought to be able to just tell them do you want a lot of interruption or do you want little interruption? So, can you interrupt me a lot? I don't like this person. We're breaking up. <laughs> Can you come over regularly? <laughs> Skyboy gives an okay on that because he uses that one regularly. Okay, that's the Etiquette Show, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us. I hope you learned a lot. We sure did. We're now going to take it into um, our meetings. We're going to go right in on time to our meetings from here on out. And Skyboy, we're going to go bust open some brownies and start eating them as a group. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow for a special show. On the 4th of July, this is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.